at your work right now, at the end of the year, they do the budgets for the next year. They do all that stuff. There's a pause there while they reevaluate what they're going to do. Now it's a good time for you to also take the pause, you know, the, the winter pause over the holiday to reevaluate and make tough decisions for 2023, to see, to reevaluate where you're at and where you're going. Your job's a means to the end, but what are you doing to design your intentional life? Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. So welcome back to Thriving the Future. Last week, we were talking about adversity with Homestead Padre, and Matt's on this week. He's been going through some interesting changes in his life. I thought that it'd be interesting to have this conversation about tough times call for tough decisions. What kind of big changes are happening with you? First off, I'm liking this series. This is a good series that uh, I've, I've enjoyed Padre and then a coworker of yours you had on, bef- uh, sorry, before Padre. Right. Um, those were good to listen to. And I appreciate you thinking of me in your adversity series. The big changes. Mm-hmm. I listened back to the episode that we did, the interview uh, you had me on your show. It was only six weeks ago, and it feels like it feels 20, like six months ago. The twenty by twenty three project, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, man, a lot changed in six weeks. So I wasn't looking for a job. I was just going to finish out my term with with my employer. Mm-hmm. I, had, I put in my one year notice, and a buddy had bugged me the second time to apply for a position to work for him. Sure. And I go, nope, not interested. I went to my wife that night. And I'm like, what do you think about this? She's like, well, ask him about this, that, this, that. I said, okay. So I go back to him and we, we were like texting. Just I, I must have asked a hundred questions because my initial reservation was that he's gone a lot and that that kind of sucks, especially mm-hmm. for like having like young kids and whatnot. Right. And so I'm like, maybe, maybe like the traveling, like maybe we can figure out how to make farm hop life work with this. And so I apply and I put in quite a decent amount of effort in prepping for the interview. And I I thought I did okay when the interview came. And then about a week goes by, week and a half goes by and like, hey, uh, you guys, you know, said you were going to pick somebody by the end of this week. It was just like a Thursday or whatever. And what's the deal with that? And then I got an email a couple hours later, like, you know, this was a really close call, you know, clo- like the closest we've ever, we've ever had to choose. It was either you or a guy with a master's degree that has a very strong reference from mm-hmm. somebody respectable in the field, blah, blah, blah. We have to go with him. Wow. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, like, yeah, that felt pretty good. Like, damn, me, you're a guy with a master's degree. Like, I'm a two-time college dropout. <laughs> like, this is thank you. <laughs> so, and I kind of I kind of forgot about it. I'm like, damn, well, that that sucks. I guess it wasn't meant to be. And last week, last week was Thanksgiving. Week before. Right. Um, the week before, I get a text from my buddy. It's like Matt, check your email. And right away, I'm like, that's weird. So I look and there's an offer in there 
for the field engineer position that I that I applied for. And I forgot that there was two there were two positions that they're like, we're gonna hire one right away and probably one soon. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, wow. cool. And so So there were two uh, positions instead of there were one. two positions, yeah. And and so I'm like, holy crap, holy crap. <laughs> so I I sent my wife a screenshot of the offer letter and we talked for like half an hour. I'm like, I kind of got to take it, right? She's like, you don't have to, but kind of. Um, now let me let, let me back up. <laughs> so I have many follow up questions here. Go ahead. So so that that week, the week that I got the offer letter, I had been like, all right, we are doing Farm Hop Life. We just got to get a travel trailer and like I did like a video that I put out like you know doing like a tow rating thing like will my truck tow this trailer and it was the one that we were actually gonna buy and so I like found one down in Salt Lake City okay it's a decent price oh it just dropped again like dropped in price this is this will work for us this is perfect mm -hmm. and so I had financing all lined up it was within like 20 bucks of our monthly budget and then before we pulled the trigger like this was let's say wednesday night my wife and I like okay here's like another monthly expense how are we going to afford this trailer we like came up with like okay solutions I'm like okay well we could start selling this or like you know get rid of stuff that we're just not using oh i could start making these and just kind of like these more or less half-ass solutions nothing right. like serious and then like oh, we're just we're just gonna have to make it work to make it work when you're doing your 20 by 23 project right yep how to pay the trailer payment while you're exactly. living on the road okay yep yep mm -hmm. and you know we were getting nervous about the airbnb market mm -hmm. and whatnot I and so then this offer comes in the next day and it was like a sign like is like sure. you know people uh believe what you want i took that as a sign like here's your ticket out of your situation um and so it it felt like giving up on farm hop life hmm. because i was just gonna like break away from a job altogether and focus solely on this right, right. Mm -hmm. but like i had mentioned the airbnb market it's it's getting crazy saturated they people saw how much you could be bringing in basically passive income just by renting out your house or even just a crappy little shack you have out back sure that that everyone everyone's got an Airbnb now. And so even in the best of markets, our plan probably would have worked, but mm -hmm. we are no longer in the best of markets. And right. yeah. so you got to shift, you got to change. Yep. Tough times be coming. Tough times be coming. Like things are, things are hard now. Mm -hmm. They're only going to get worse. Like right. I do, we were just talking about, you know, Greece and stuff before, who knows what our money's going to get us in the next six months, let alone 12 months. And so this has like quite an increase in pay 
and it never hurts to have more money. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's also super duper travel away from home. How did you make is. the, how did you make the trade-offs? Cause like Thomas Sewell says, it's, <laughs> there are no solutions. There's only trade-offs. How did you go through that process? Uh, I made a pros and cons list that was <laughs> almost even, but the pros were pretty heavy compared to mild and moderate cons. Right. Um, and that's how we made that decision. And it, we're just going to have to, just going to have to adjust, um, both like our, like our family dynamic, um, you know, me being, me being home at five o'clock or so. Um, I mean, it's like 30 to 50% travel, right? but I get a pretty solid bonus every day I'm traveling. So Mm -hmm. that's what like the job already paid more. And then you add in the travel bonus. Like it's, it's pretty sweet. I could be making twice my wage. So do you get to come home or do you, uh, you know, on the weekends or is it like two weeks out, two weeks on, you know, a a day to a, to a few days is pretty common. Mm -hmm. Um, a week happens. Two weeks is pretty rare. Three weeks is extremely rare. Okay. Um, and you said it was, uh, oil, like uh, oil engineering, right? It's a, it's a field engineer position that they use. I'm I'm deciding how much I want to divulge. No, no, you don't need to. Doxing my job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They use, they use fiber optic technology to sense uh, a couple of things for like, it could be oil and gas industry. It could be um, measuring like water, like, like it could, the fiber optic cable could wrap around a water pipe that, and it could sense flow rate because fiber optic cable is pretty sensitive. Okay. Yeah. I was just Uh, looking for what, what industry basically. It's, um, I would say it's in the just technology field. I wouldn't say it, it has ties to oil and gas, but it also like if someone wanted to do like a carbon capture project like that, it works for that too. So it's got quite a lot of, uh, different applications. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it'll be, it'll be fascinating. Um, I I already feel like I'm going to. So this is your buddy out of my element. Yeah, it's my buddy. Yeah. So he's how do you how do you uh <laughs> how do you get a job when your buddy knows that you're planning a 20 by 23 project? Um doesn't he have like a like you a, know what? Hey, wait he, a minute, you know? He never asked me about that, to be honest. I never see one of you, or do you keep or you keep your friends compartmentalized? Um no, I don't I don't really keep my friends car wow. Yeah, compartmentalized. compartmentalized. Yes, yeah. thanks. Uh, no, he knew about it because he's been over to the house, and I like told him, you know, hey, I'm doing this thing next year, and he goes, oh, whoa, that's cool, blah blah blah, and and so even when I was asking all my questions before I even applied, I'm like, I wonder how this would work with Farm Hop Life, and he goes, that's really 
for you to decide how that's going to work. In other words, it's not. So, so you're or basically like to... not my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah, that would be interesting with the idea that, especially with the knowledge that you gave a year's notice to your other employer, then all of a sudden you're starting this. It's like, are you going to bail in the summer? Right. Yeah, I suppose that could be a worry to them. But at the same time, I mean, we're talking about entering a recession, right? Like sure. my job's not guaranteed either. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, But, you know, for the next, let's say six months, if I'm making more money than I was and it doesn't work out, I'm still better off than staying as an electrician. So... Will you have to move your 20 by 23 project to 24? We won't know for sure until we're in it. That was a, actually a big consideration on taking this job. Like, what are we going to do? Like, I've, I feel like I've made all these promises. Um, when, like, really, it's super small, but like, it's, you know, integrity on my part, right? What are we going to do? And mm -hmm. my, my wife's like, well, maybe we could just put in all 20 hours over the weekend. And I go, I love you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, you do a project over the weekend, just, right? Just make it work. Just We're just going to slam bang, get, knock, knock it out at somebody's place or over hey, the weekend. That's what, that would be something. Like, you can't find that kind of work ethic in, in a lot of people. You know, that's, what, that's what Nick Ferguson does. I mean, basically, he'll come out to your sure. place and give you a... I mean, he's not doing 20 hours worth of work, but he's giving you a full permaculture design consultation and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you could go and do a focused project over a long weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm open to to other suggestions too. Mm -hmm. This is not like, like I said, we're gonna have to figure it out as we go. Nothing's quite, quite set. So while you were going through this, what kind of support structures do you fall back on when you're going through tough times that require those kind of decisions, family, like faith, like. Oh, okay. I would definitely say this one was a lot of faith. Mm -hmm. Like the job pretty much fell in my lap. Sure. I would, I felt so unqualified for the job right. that I, if I saw it, you know, if, if I was browsing, uh, no, not even going to bother applying. Sure. But for whatever reason, my buddy reached out and he's like, you know, we could really use your skill set on a team. And I'm thinking like, what skill set do I do? I He has like a master's degree in geology. And he told, uh, I told him, you know, after the interview, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm like a lot of imposter syndrome already. And like, and he goes, yeah, I had that for like the first two years. I'm like, two years. This is gonna yeah. be this is not gonna go well for me. Yeah, especially when you're talking to those guys that are master's degree dudes, right? So right. Yeah. Yep. They're they're that. very high level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna have to fake it till you make it. Yeah, they're gonna have to talk really slow for me. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna try a couple of things if I can step up my retention better than normal <laughs> <laughs> i've been in that situation quite a bit a lot of it is turned to contract only 
and very few conversions. They the recruiters, of course, lie and say that this is contract to hire, but usually it's not. I've been in several situations where there's no job in town. We have to move. One of the things that I really want to share with the listeners out there is these things are coming. Layoffs are coming. They happen in every recession. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the IT part that we've seen over the last month with Twitter and Google and Facebook and Amazon are you're you would be seeing the same thing in other industries that are the canary and the coal mine that something's going to happen. Be ready for when it happens, but then also keep in mind the positive stuff. I mean, I lost my job. There was no job where we live down in Wichita, South Kansas. We moved. That job change was uh, one of the best changes that we made. And we wouldn't have this place for this price if we didn't make that make that change. You adapted. Yeah, I mean, and that's the whole thing. It, it's not a surefire solution. It's not a diamond in the rough sometimes. Sometimes you got to make trade-offs. So I've done the same thing. I went on, had to move up here and then uh, send for my wife later and be a part yeah. of a month, two months, three months, whatever, or had to do a travel job and had to be gone every weekend. I've been there, not full-time long-term, but but one of the things to really stress is what are you doing to continue to design your intentional life and keep that in mind? So like you're you're looking long-term and saying that, this would bring in this much more money and then this offsets some of this other stuff. How else is this fitting into your intentional life plan? Having a baby in the NICU for two months really mm-hmm. sets you back Yeah, <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways. Like sure. a lot of projects this summer just did not get done. Um, obviously medical bills and trying to catch up in other ways, you know, reduced hours on my part because I'm going from home to the hospital, home, to blah, blah, blah. Right. Use the credit card a little too much. Not like crazy, but, you know, it's hard to be able to fix that with a unsteady income, let's say. And so we can use the next couple months of me at this new job to catch right back up where we should have been and start putting more money aside like we had a travel trailer payment. Mm-hmm. So we can come at it with more money down than we would have, um, let's say, two weeks ago. When right. We were actually looking to buy. Um, sure. So there's that. And then just being able to be more prepared for what's happening. Um, I know you follow Cyprian and I can't remember what what interview it was. I'm pretty sure it was him. And I think people got really mad at him after this comment. He's like, just make more money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. And I remember the outrage. And then I went to go listen to it. And I did not, I did not know what was so upsetting about that comment that just, just make more money. And you know what? It's actually pretty easy to make more money. Like you just have to stop your one track mind and just like, okay, what if I go over here a little bit? Does that work? Uh, No. Okay. This way. Yeah, this works. And so 
uh, and you brought up Twitter not too long ago, and I'm glad you did because I recently had uh, had a tweet. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. I said, um, "This is why all the Twitter layoffs are freaking out. Uh, they are what they were getting fat off the hog and not expanding their skills. Then when they're out on the street, they have nothing to offer another employer, much less go out on their own. And I mean, they don't have hard skills. I mean, just look at look at what AI is doing already. So yeah. what I've heard, so like there's a, there's a site GitHub, right? You can mm -hmm. upload code and people yeah. uh, take care of it and you can work as a team. Well, to expand GitHub, the team over there started doing AI to analyze all the code that has been uploaded to GitHub and basically know how like te it teaches the ai to write the best code and all the coders are like dude that's our work like, yep. you probably you probably shouldn't have uploaded it to github because that's their property now um yep that's why i got out of development and went into project management um i got tired of being the person who was overseeing the offshore resources the offshore developers mm. and and having to work a whole day and then get back on with them at night. And then I wasn't doing any coding. I was doing, you know, I wasn't even managing them. I was like team leading them and, you know, which is fine, but it, that's massive burnout with sure. working, you know, a full day plus commute and then jumping back on with the team. It wasn't just guys at night and uh, at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock and having to work for a couple hours. And it was just like, I can't continue to do this. It was complete burnout. And it was like, is this what, is this what the job's coming to? And I was already starting to do more of the front end stuff. Like we've got five projects that are in the intake, but we only have the budget to do three of them. Which ones do we choose? And I was doing a lot of that you know, setting up the value proposition, all that stuff for leadership and taking it through the leadership approval process ahead of time. So I just branched off and went that way with project management instead and got out of the development. So, and it was necessary just because development wasn't what development was anymore. So, sure. So we're starting to see already the same stuff that happened in 2008, right? We've got bank stuff that probably will cause a housing collapse. Mm -hmm. Even though the it the big dip happened in 2008, for me, it really didn't happen and hit really hard until 2000, late 2009, early 2010, where, and then all of a sudden, all these houses foreclosed and then employers really got serious about layoffs. Just a tip for you folks listening at home is when your employer wants to do an engagement survey and says, yeah, we just want to take the pulse of how you're doing and, and whether you're happy at your job and it's anonymous, they are never, ever anonymous. <laughs> it has a link that tells them exactly who you are and which you answered. And then the managers have a different incentive on their side to say, you know, hey, you had your team had a low engagement survey. You need to figure out why, and that will result in somebody being let go. 
<laughs> don't play that game. You want to have a, a truth telling, talk to your manager one-on-one, but yeah, it's, it, there's going to be some tough times coming mm-hmm. and some layoffs and things like that. But let's let's look at some of the solutions and some of the tips here, right? So hard times create opportunities, especially for side hustles. They open up a lot of opportunities. We saw that with COVID. You could go in, uh, do DoorDash just on your run to town, your normal grocery shopping, and uh, do a couple of DoorDash deliveries and end up, you know, paying for your gas at least to get to town. That's funny you bring that up because I actually just before uh, coming on here, I was thinking, well, my new job is close to the airport. What if I just posted <laughs> a ad on Craigslist uh, that, hey, need a ride to the airport? I can like the, I think the earliest flights fly out at like 6 a.m. Like whatever. Right. I'll bring you to the airport at 4 or 5 a.m. I don't give me. 50 bucks, I don't know, whatever, whatever fair rate would be to make it worth my time to bring somebody to the airport. Gas is paid sure. for the week. So yeah. absolutely. And you know, I mean, someone's got to park their car somewhere. You know, now you've got the off off airport parking that's going on that, mm-hmm. that people have, things like that. So one of the things that really stood out to me here recently was on survival podcast. It was episode 3077, 3077. Uh, Now is the time to build independent income. So Jack did like a marketing masterclass and he really dived into people change their buying habits in a recession, but, you know, oftentimes they still keep the wants over the needs for, you know, I mean, a lot of people are still buying, will still buy gourmet coffee. They may shop at Aldi's for everything else, but they're going to buy gourmet coffee. Some other people will go and start buying McDonald's in 2008 to 2010. That's where McCafe really took off at McDonald's and they took business away from Starbucks. You know, mm. the Starbucks folks are still going to go to Starbucks. So, you know, there's there's these little niche things that are going on. You know, people are going to start looking at growing their own food to uh, make up for that. It's just like we talked about with Padre last week about the farmer's market. People are still going to the market. They may haggle with you over kale because they want kale to be the same price as the grocery store. Padre puts on a chef's jacket and all of a sudden his bread sells better because he's a chef. Obviously, he's wearing a (laughs) chef jacket, right? People are going there for the experience in addition to the food. And then if you can use that and tie that into your story, because it's all about story. Yes. And the chef jacket tells the story. At your work right now, at the end of the year, they do the budgets for the next year. They do all that stuff. There's a pause there while they reevaluate what they're going to do. Now is a good time for you to also take the pause, you know, the the winter pause over the holiday to reevaluate and make tough decisions for 2023, to to reevaluate where you're at and where you're going. Your job's a means to the end, but what are you doing to design your intentional life? And get couple, those other streams of income, right? Go ahead. That's right. No, I was just going to add to the, um, it's not just like hard skills, but it's also like interests and connections. Mm-hmm. So I, I've known this friend of mine for over 10 years. Like we worked sure. together in Yellowstone when, in our, when we were both like 21. That's how we met. I mean, you just don't know where these connections are going to take you. Like he's the one that even put, western montana on the map for me otherwise it was going to be more like bozeman area but i was like eh 
Bozeman's already too big when I was looking at moving. So I'm like, I'll just, I'll give Missoula a shot. That's where he's at. And so moved here and just stayed in touch. I mean, it wasn't like we'd see each other maybe, even though we'd live in like the same town, see each other maybe once a year. You know, he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing, but you know, always stayed in touch and yeah, just don't know where your connection is going to take you. If you're looking to jump ship, like, and move up or even like laterally it never hurts to like put your feelers out you know see who's hiring right who needs what and sometimes you know if you have a wide range of skills even if you're not like a specialist in this thing you just might get picked so and you're a good example of this attitude is everything you may be the person who is not the person with the master's degree but what you did in that interview or your connection, connections are really making a big difference now. That mm-hmm. connection, I know this guy, I vouch for this guy. A, that gets you past HR. So you don't get your resume put through the auto reader. And then it says no master's degree. Eh. So you got before somebody's eyeballs, which is almost impossible yep. if you do the standard employment application process. So that kind of uh, connection is making a big difference. And then also, if you knock it out of the park when you go in and talk, I mean, you know, I've been interviewing people for the last two months for some positions at work. And it's just like the last question we ask, and it's basically, candidate, why should we choose you over all the other candidates? And it's remarkable, 75% plus people act like they did not anticipate being asked that question. It's like, come on. This is the easiest question. You should be asked this question. And they just seem so surprised that you would ask that question. And and some of them, they are not comfortable talking about themselves or whatever else. And it's like, come on. It's a tough skill to brag about yourself, but, you know, in a specific tone, you can't be like, yeah, I'm great. I don't even know why we're here. You should just hire me. This interview is definitely the one, I mean, the stakes were higher, right? And so I'm like, I have to put the work in. And they said in the follow-up, like interview follow-up email, they said, we've never had anybody come so prepared, right. no, already knowing about the company. And that's the key. And you ask that's good the questions. That's as well. Like asking specific right. questions. It's amazing yeah. how many people are not prepared to talk about the company. You go in there. So, so what is it you do? Yeah, it's basically, it's like, (laughs) Like, (laughs) we ask the question, what do you know about our company? And what do you find interesting about this job post? And, you know, Mm -hmm. well, I'll get some people that say, well, I don't know. The the recruiter just said to uh, go give it a try. And I'm like, "Eh, mm -mm, you're out. And so how did you, we we, we can end this. Yeah. yeah. How did you, uh, how did you prepare? Without going into detail about the the technical stuff, how did you prepare from uh you looked at the company history, you looked at the, those things? Their company website actually has a ton of information on what it is and like how they mm-hmm. do it. And you know, I'm a podcaster and I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I'm like, I wonder if there's a podcast about X company. Wow. And so I searched and there was one, there was one podcast about this company. And so I, um, I listened to it twice uh, and wrote down, I wrote down notes asking like this question, that question, sure. you know, Hey, I heard about this. When I interview and I have to do it often, or at least I did because 
of the contract thing. If they were a public traded company, I'd go and I'd read their annual statement, figure out what's important to them. What are they bragging about a lot? This is what is important to your goals in the next year, according to whatever their published stuff is. And then the number one thing that I do in an interview is when they ask you a follow-up question, you say, so why do you like working for this company? Mm. How long have you worked here? And what do you like working here? And I've had people that are absolute jerks that are completely indifferent and you're sure you're not going to get the job completely flip and turn into bright, shiny Susie and give you the give you the the glowing terms of everything. It's been hilarious. I did ask the general manager, how did you come to work at X company? And right. and my buddy sitting across the table next to the general manager, and he's like, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, that's an excellent question. Easy to forget this person had a life before this company. How'd they get here? Like sure. and people like talking to them talking to themselves like people like talking about themselves you know it's kind of like the deep, right. uh dale carnegie like be interesting by being interested mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so exactly yeah and that's it when you get people talking about themselves and if you leave it with that they're going to remember that positive you know they were happy at the end of the conversation because they were talking about themselves and how great the company is yeah. And some of that um, endorphin will carry over when they remember you later on. Yeah. So it's, it's just some it's mind funny. tricks. <laughs> the up the hacks. <laughs> it's a people interview hack, hacks. Right? Yep. It's okay to make short term plans to buy time when you plan long term, right? Yep. I'm going to be away from my wife, going to be away from my kids. Like yeah. I, I had this thing and now it is unknown blah 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 and like i kind of got all that crap out of my system and now i'm like i'm excited i get to learn new things i'm excited to get to travel i because now i'm in it right you know if you if you're going in like dragging your feet head down low like the experience is gonna suck right and so it's like well i gotta do this thing i might as well enjoy it so did you already roll off your your old job and this week you're Tomorrow your, uh, is my player? last day. <laughs> oh, so you're taking a few days off where you start next week. So yeah, um, it, this has been shared like on my podcast. And so I'll, yeah, I'll, sure. I'll repeat it here. Um, my wife is having a hysterectomy on Thursday. Mm. And so I'm sorry, this is, it, it's, it's a good and a bad thing. I mean, obviously it's super stressful, but it's, it's wrapping up like this kind of, um, kind of like her cancer story so like you know six years ago she got diagnosed with cancer really we still wanted to have kids and so they're like we're gonna do this one procedure where they take out the cancerous part stitch the two parts together and it's you're you're now a high risk it's harder to get pregnant and if you do get pregnant it's high risk well it worked the first time and so we had to wait a certain amount of time after and then attempt to have another one. And we had another one. So we basically have two miracle babies. Wow. <laughs> and and now that like we were always told limits two, uh, because you know, the 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 stitch sure. in there is it, it can only take so much abuse, basically. Yep. Like it's hence the NICU, it, right? 
Hence, hence the NICU. Yep. Two yep. NICU babies. And wow, two uh, NICU babies. Wow. Yep. Yep. The first one was 10 days in the NICU and the second one was two months. So wow, two months. Dude, this summer was nuts. Do not recommend, but it's there if you need it. So yeah. She's getting the parts uh, taken out to reduce the risk of cancer dramatically. So it's been uh, pins and needles for a long time. So what other advice do you have for other people who might be going through this in 2023? Do not hold back on ways to make money. Low input, obviously preferred. Like I know Gary V gets like a ton of crap and he's pretty obnoxious, but you know what? If you can flip stuff from going to like garage sales, do it. Right. Um, I made a joke a couple months ago. People that want a homestead, need to make extra money to pay for their their homestead hobby right right and so i'm like do what you got to do to make ends meet do not hold back like obviously do it with like integrity and authenticity yeah one of the things we had when uh when i had jewel smith on from the homestead journal he was talking about if you're going to do side hustles and stuff like that get over the idea that you need to fill a whole week Sure. People are like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to charge $30 an hour because everybody else is charging $30 an hour and I'm going to fill my whole week up. And then he's like, why don't you just charge $70 an hour? I love that. And you might get like half of the people, but your whole week won't fill, be filled up. And then you could do other stuff. You could do other <laughs> that was stuff. probably the greatest thing I've ever heard. I know. I was it like, was so it, Dude, that was mind blowing, actually. I know. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you better you can just that do again. that <laughs> yeah and the first thing you think is wait a minute uh, i could do that and then the second thing you think well maybe that's not fair or maybe that's not right or something like that and screw like, not being fair it's like he says hey i've got enough friends i don't need you to be my friend too <laughs> there so you, go. you know and and things like that and then also you don't need to get something that completely replaces your job have a bunch of little things right sure and then that job loss or whatever else will be less of a stress because you got something to fall back on eggs and multiple baskets absolutely yeah exactly the, the time of having one job and that's it and you have it forever is gone so you really oh, for sure. you got to really look out for yourself you've got to design your intentional life where do I want to be? What do I value? What's my perfect day look like? And there's lots of opportunities out there. Just got to find them. There's yeah. a guy on YouTube. I'll look at his channel really quick, but he has like a bunch of super cheap woodworking projects mm -hmm. that he posts all the time. He's like, I made this with scrap wood and I, I charge 40 bucks a piece. Mm -hmm. I was like, dang, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's people I, like buying pallets or getting broken up pallets and using them to make art or using them to make the standard compost bin even going and setting something up for somebody you can make money matthew peach matthew peach is the youtube channel uh right here five holiday woodworking projects that sell part one low cost high profit make money woodworking so wow. he's got tons of these videos that he makes this like little thingies like wall art a lot a lot of wall art and final thoughts when i ended up giving my two-week notice to my current employer we had talked about like selling the house briefly and i'm like it's just 
I just don't see that working out as well as we think it would. Is it still really the best long-term play selling your house? But then where do you go? Right. Like you, a lot of people would need another house. Sure. They're not going to do the tiny home thing or it's not as solid of a solution as it sounds. It's just sell the house. You'll still got to find a buyer. Right. So Yeah. You got to find a buyer. The market's really dried up here. I mean, there's still not a lot of houses, but the houses are not moving. I mean, the same sure. houses that I've seen that have been for sale, which should have sold, have not sold. And they keep dropping the price every week. Right. So mm-hmm. it's going to be tough, but we can make it through it. We can make it through it. Going to make it. <laughs> That's right. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe or follow button in your favorite podcast app. Check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and also follow us on social media at thriveinthefuture on Twitter and at thriveinthefuture on Instagram. And come and join our Telegram community by going to signup.thrivingthefuture.com. There's entry form there. It will send you an email with the Telegram community link. We have a new affiliate, the Smith Homestead. They have handmade soap and candles, handcrafted items. Perpin and I like the alpaca wool caps, hand-knitted by Homestead Padre himself, and lots more. If you use Thriving as a coupon code at checkout, you get 10% off. That's the Smith Homestead. It's smith-homestead.com. So if you found value in our content, then show that value for value. There's a new tab on the website, value for value. Go and shoot Thrive in the Future, a gift on that tab in either Venmo or Cash App. You make a difference. Thank you. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast, Grant Payne of Homestead of Pain on Instagram, that's P-A-Y-N-E, will be on and we're talking about his homestead projects. This guy's amazing. He's got incredible enthusiasm. He created 70 raised beds out of IBC totes that he cut in half. He's creating a nursery. He just went down to Lowe's and he sees things on clearance and says, I'll buy all 50 of these and just shoots them a price and haggles them down until he's paying like a dollar or two or three dollars for a plant. Pretty amazing stuff. Great tips. Excellent pictures in the show notes. It was just a great episode. So that's next time on Thrive in the Future podcast.